you know what's horrible? What's horrible? We're about to interview Morgan Riddle, and we haven't gone on a hot girl walk. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hold On To Your Racket, the podcast for Gen Z tennis fans. We're your hosts, Josefina and Shravya. Shravya and I are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all. Josefina and I are two high school gals and tennis fanatics united together by our on-the-court and off-the-court companionship. And we're the female Gen Z voices in modern-day tennis you've been looking for, so we hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned for more. Hello, we are back with another episode of Hold On To Your Racket, and today is a very exciting one because we are here with a very cool lady, Morgan Riddle, and she is definitely an up-and-coming icon of Gen Z tennis media with nearly 47,000 followers on Instagram and 230,000 plus on TikTok. And like us, she has definitely dedicated herself to the mission of, you know, making tennis cool again, because the stigma that it's for like old country club people is just so outdated. And it's time people see that tennis can and should be for everyone. So hello, Morgan. Heck yeah. Hi. (laughs) Thank you guys for having me on. I'm so excited to chat. I think you guys like tagged me in a tweet or something after that one TikTok and when you were guys were talking about me on the podcast and stuff and I was like, oh, they're so sweet. <laughs> so I'm excited to yeah. be chatting with you. Yeah, I think Shravi is the one that saw that TikTok first and then she sent it to me and I was like, um, whoa, she's really cool. So then <laughs> we started talking about you on the podcast because in, we have a similar mission. So obviously we'd love to support any way we can. And it's really cool to this, this like little project. So yeah. So we kind of want to first talk about sort of um, how you sort of got into where you are today with social media influencing, um, you know, where you grew up into college and kind of where, you know, how you landed in this spot before even stepping into meshing tennis with it. Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota from the Midwest originally. I, my dream was always to go to New York And so when I was like looking at colleges and stuff, I found one in New York, um, ended up moving there when I was 18 and just wanted to take every single advantage of being in the city. I grew up like watching Ugly Betty and was obsessed with that. And that's kind of what like drew me to New York. I don't know if you guys even know what that show is. Oh my God, you don't. Okay, well, that was like a show I was obsessed with when I was like 14, 15. So went to New York. Um, I did eight internships when I was in college. I was just obsessed with like being in the city, being in kind of like the hustle and the grind of it. Um, I tried everything. So my first one was like a New York government office. And then I interned for a coffee company and I got my New York real estate license and worked in like beauty fashion PR. But a number of those internships were in uh, kind of like PR, influencer marketing, social media. So while I was like interning, going to school, I was an English major. Um, School was kind of like on the back burner to my internships and experience and stuff. But I just kind of started posting my life and my day to day in the city and started very like unintentionally growing a following through that. And graduated in 2019, 
moved to just working corporate. So I was working in like influencer marketing. I worked for an agency. I worked in-house and pretty much worked in corporate up until this past January. But it was really hard when I was on the tour. Um, obviously, like we're jumping different time zones all the time. We're always on these long haul flights or like 14, 15 hours and trying to work a nine to five, even though it was remote, it was really, really difficult for me to balance that. However, even though I had a following on social media since college, I'd always been really, really resistant to the idea of being an influencer. And I think that's like in my deep rooted misogyny and everyone's misogyny about the idea of what an influencer is or what a content creator is. And I think the reason I was so resistant to the idea of it is because I'd spent years like you know, meeting people, having conversations with people and seeing them sort of like light up when I told them I wasn't an influencer and that I did just have a completely normal job. It was almost like I saw a sense of relief on people's face because people have these like preconceived notions of who people are that do social media full time. So it was really hard for me to make that transition. But yeah, we were in Australia for Australian Open this past January and I quit my job because I was just like, it was too stressful. I can't do it anymore. And I was making enough money through like my Instagram and my TikTok. I was making more money doing that than I was from my corporate job. And it got to the point where I was just like, why wouldn't I just do this anymore? So that's kind of the path that's led to my, you know, what I'm doing for work now. So I'm, I'm just doing social media full time and it's been awesome. It's been a really, it was a really good decision. It was kind of a scary leap, but I'm glad I did. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And like, you know, Shravi is actually heading to college next year. So when it comes to like all that taking opportunities when you're in college, she's like diving right into that really soon. (laughs) Do internships. They're the best experience that you will get out of college. And they're so fun. Yeah. I mean, Um, that's all amazing. Um, Josephina, I think we wanted to also ask you about more broadly, you said like, you had this internal misogyny about, you know, what people see influencers as. And I think a lot of the backlash that you've received, in fact, to that famous TikTok, the the Tennis 101 TikTok also sort of represented some of that. So um, I guess we wanted to ask you, after you've made that transition and sort of, you know, immerse yourself in social media full time, what do you see influencing as? Um. I mean, for me, it's just being able to work on my own time and my own schedule and for the sort of like lifestyle that I I have right now from dating Taylor. I I really needed that for my mental health. Um, I've always felt like I had like a good eye for like video and photography and always been very natural on camera. I did competitive speech and debate growing up and in high school like so yeah we both do that you do oh my god it's the best honestly my mom like kind of forced me into it but yes, same it was it's really the best like my first year out of college I was doing um like lifestyle contributing I was on like NBC Boston NBC Chicago today and all of those skills came from doing competitive speech And I feel like all of that sort of translated into, um, you know, being able to like talk to the camera on TikTok and stuff. So it kind of came Mm -hmm. full circle. And yeah, it's always just come really naturally to me. So it's fun to to wake up in the morning and know that I can spend the day doing things that are are fun for me. And obviously it's it's still hard work and there's a lot that goes into it. But 
it's definitely a blessing to be able to do that. Yeah. And like kind of during that journey, you said you made the transition to kind of becoming a completely full-time influencer this January, but how did you know, like you said, obviously it has to do with financial like terms, but um, how did you know that that was the right decision? Like, how did you know when you like made it as an influencer and that was what you were supposed to do, like what you're going to do with your life? Oh, I mean, I still don't know, <laughs> to be honest, like sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. Just, you know, every day is people are such jerks online and oh, yeah. sometimes I just want to like yeah. delete all the accounts off my phone. But, um, it was honestly the day after I quit, I put in my two weeks at my corporate job is, um, so we were in Melbourne and Taylor was playing in the Australian open and I quit my job and I was like, oh my God, like I got to do social media. Actually, like I really have to do this now. And I made that first get ready with me video that was like, get ready for my boyfriend's match at Australian Open or something. And I was mortified to post that video. <laughs> like I was like, you know, I filming it and stuff was really fun and easy, but then I actually posted it and I was like, oh my God, this is so effing embarrassing. Like <laughs> no one's going to watch this. Nobody's going to like this. And I almost deleted the video like two hours after I posted it because it literally had no views on it. And I I just felt like super out of my comfort zone. And then we went to bed um, and, you know, with the time zone difference, that was like, it was like we went to bed when it was morning in America. So then mm-hmm. I guess it like hit the For You page when I went to sleep. And then I woke up in the morning and it had like a million views. And I was like, oh, okay, I can do this actually. And that just gave me a lot of like confidence to keep you know, doing what I needed to do. Um, and that's kind of when it started was like, yeah, literally the day after I, I quit. So still a work in progress. Um, you know, I, I'm not where I want to be with it, but we'll just keep yeah. grinding away. <laughs> yeah. I mean that you, I mean, we love your TikToks. You were actually, um, I think there was at one point during the summer where Josephine and I were like, let's make, let's, let's try to make like a funny Instagram reel or something for our podcast Instagram. And I think we had, um, seen a lot of content from you, um, from, you know, other people on Twitter or, or TikTok. And we we're like, all right, let's make like a, a TikTok of us pretending to be ATP wives or ATP girlfriends and like we were just like having fun with it and like it's it's so nice to be able to you know touch base with a whole new fan base in a whole different way like within a sport um that's not just you know your typical like highlight reel um of you know fun points or something there's so much more to it than that and you know that leads us to our next question is you know, you had this really interesting sort of journey through college, through your internships, to then your corporate job, and then to realizing that, you know, maybe that wasn't the best for you and trying, it's time to change things up. So aside from just influencing, how did you get into what we termed tennis influencing? Like, how did you sort of come to this mission to make tennis cool again? And how do you define that? Oh, gosh, I don't even know. So I posted that the tennis, like the tennis TikTok, um, when we were at the Dallas tournament and Mm -hmm. I was actually at lunch with my mom, my mom had come to the tournament and I was at lunch with her and I hadn't posted and I was just feeling like super unmotivated. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't even know what I want to post. I don't, um, I don't know like what I should be posting. And she's like, I think you should like try anything and everything. She was like, what's like different and unique about your life right now? 
And I was like, I don't know, like my whole life is freaking tennis. Like all I do is go to tennis tournaments. And she was like, okay, well, let's try to see how you can like work that into, into your content. And then, um, I went home that night and I did not like Dallas. I was so miserable at that tournament. I wanted to go home so bad. I wouldn't even get to hotel. So I was just like laying in bed and I had all this video content from the last, you know, Taylor and I've been dating for two years now. So, um, even though I like kind of just started posting about my life on tour with him, like we've been doing it for years. Um, so I had all this video content kind of built up and then, um, just decided to try to explain it at the most basic, like sixth grade level of like, okay, somebody who's never, ever heard of like the ATP tour doesn't know who Federer is, is watching this video. Like what, what do they need to know? Um, and yeah, I made the video. I, I knew it was going to do well, but I didn't know it was going to go to the extent that it did and get like, I don't even know how many views it has now. And I definitely 3. didn't. 3.8 million. You're at, <laughs> you're at 3.8 million on TikTok with that, oh, with that crazy, video. Yeah. Um, and I also definitely didn't think it was going to hit tennis Twitter because I didn't even really know what tennis <laughs> Twitter was. That is a scary place. It is. Oh my God. <laughs> it <laughs> is. Oh my God. <laughs> It's funny you bring that up because Josephine and I split our social media duties for the podcast. She's sort of the more artistic visual one. So she's really good with our Instagram. And I tend to be someone who's like always on my phone and can really like, you know, get with the banter and, you know, test out my test the waters and tennis TikTok. So I'm sorry, tennis Twitter. So I've been there for a while. And that's where we actually first saw the video was because Blair Henley had re um, or had posted it from your TikTok, she had posted it on her, on her Twitter. And I think that's what started really getting it to make the rounds on tennis Twitter. And I think it shows that we follow the right people on Twitter and the right people follow us because all we saw was praise and excitement for that TikTok, because I think people are like craving this type of content. um, Because I mean, I think one thing that happened that I've seen a lot on tennis Twitter is the popularity of Formula One. And that's come a lot after the Netflix show as well, Drive to Survive. And, um, you know, that's been a big success. So we also sort of wanted to ask you about the um, Netflix show that the ATP and WTA tours are working on and sort of, you know, what your experience has been, you know, with production. I know you and Taylor have been sort of featured in it so far. Um, And how does it sort of fit in with this mission of making tennis cool again and how you think it's important? Yeah, I mean, it's impossible to know if the show will have the same success as Formula One did. Um, mm-hmm. I hope it does. I mean, that would just be like unreal for the sport. I think they have lots of good names in it now too. I think everyone was a little like iffy about it at first, but now the whole tour is kind of like warmed up to it. The crew is always around all the time. Um, yeah, it's been it's been exciting to have them around and stuff. And I, I hope that it reaches the level of popularity that the other show did it would do really big things for the sport but we'll see it's also impossible to know like how they'll explain the sport and what sort of like light they'll cast on different players and stuff so I'm I'm counting down the days (laughs) yeah because I know that for like the f1 show I haven't watched it but Shrave has and she's kind of explained that even if you don't know anything about the sport like that's a way you can get into it so Hopefully the Netflix show, it's kind of like your tennis tour 101 video that 
not really that it explains tennis in such a basic way, but more that anyone can watch it and get into it. And who knows, like people maybe will watch the show and then decide, oh, let me get a ticket to my local tournament. Yeah. Like that would be great. <laughs> um, but uh, like further on kind of this whole topic of the mission, like at this point, is it kind of more, is it a personal thing or is it kind of what you think is best for your platform right now being on tour so often? Yeah, um, I think for me, the reason that I was so interested to bring it to like a new audience or, you know, people on TikTok, random people on TikTok, my followers and stuff is I didn't know a thing about tennis until Taylor and I started dating. Like, um, you know, before him and I met, I was like, does he play like college tennis? I don't understand. <laughs> what is the ATP? <laughs> like, I grew up with hockey. Like I'm, a, I'm, my whole family is a hockey family. Not a soul from Minnesota plays tennis. No, <laughs> um, I didn't know who any of the big three were or whatever. And looking back, it's like it for how big of a part it, of my life it is now and how interested I am with all the intricacies of it and all the players and the whole aspect of the sport and the tournaments. Um, you know, had I never met Taylor, this huge like part of my life and the whole like tennis community and everything wouldn't, wouldn't be a part of my life. Um, and I have a lot of friends who I've brought to like the U S open or friends that I brought to Australian open who had never watched tennis in their life, never been to a tournament and are like, Oh my God, this is so cool. Like, why have I never, <laughs> why have I never watched this before? Why did I not know anything about this? Um, and I just think it's cause so many people don't know it's not, I don't know for whatever reason, it's just like not on the right platforms. It's not in yeah. front of the faces of enough people. Um, obviously the Netflix show will help with that and stuff too, but that was one aspect of it. And then also, yeah, of course, for like my platforms and stuff, you have to, you know, there's so much content on TikTok and Instagram and so much content that's super repetitive. And I'm in this very unique position of, you know, having this part of my life that most people in the world don't have. And if I have to post that to make my content stand out, then of course I'm going to do that too. Yeah, that makes sense. Like for us that we're also, we're pretty big tennis fans, you know, because we have like a little podcast about it only. <laughs> but um, I think it's cool how kind of since we have been like consumed so wholly by like the sport I mean we literally just came from playing a class together mm -hmm. um but um I think it's really cool that not only did you get into it but kind of how it's infectious like now you want to get other people into it because it's really like we just want people to know how much not only how much it means to us but like what it can mean to anyone you know yeah like yeah. it's kind of I like how it's become kind of a personal mission for you now that you've seen what tennis can mean so I think that's a really just amazing thing yeah I think it's awesome and showing different angles of it too like Josephina and I like have recently kind of as the pandemic as sort of pandemic restrictions have lifted a bit been able to travel a bit more and we've loved you know taking day trips to we went to the city open together one day we went to Indian Wells in Miami and we obviously go to the U.S. Open every year so I think one mm -hmm. thing that you do such a cool job of showcasing on your platform is like not just like 
watching tennis, but like the experience of a tournament and kind of like the glitz and glam, the fun, the outfits, the drinks, the food, the colors, like it, there's so much more to it that I think the tennis world doesn't do a good job of promoting and making appealing, especially to younger audiences, because they so rely on the older audiences that kind of mm-hmm. will, they know will show up. So yeah. I think that this new angle is really important from a business perspective too, honestly, but also just like really trying to get the new generation excited. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that some of the stuff on there, like the Nobu and the champagne, whatever. Yes. I totally get it. It's <laughs> kind of superficial. No, um, but that's, I, we love it. We think yeah. it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> necessary. Honestly, I, I have a theory for, for successful content on TikTok specifically, and that it either needs to be enviable, it needs to be relatable, or it needs to be controversial. And if you can hit all three, that's mm-hmm. kind of the the key to virality. Um, I think that first like tennis video that I did kind of hit all three of those. Um, oh, definitely enviable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, people hate on it, but whatever. <laughs> Um, I wanted to jump back really quickly about the Netflix show because we've been hearing a lot about it, but obviously we won't see the final product until we see the final product. But um, how does like the filming and production of it work? So like do specific players like sign up to do it? Like was Taylor like, oh, yeah, this sounds cool. I want to do it. Or do they choose what players they want to feature? What like how often are cameras with them? Do they do interviews? Yeah. um, So they picked the players for it. Um, and I think that they, I don't know if they're still like adding players to it or if they already have it kind of set in stone, but I've seen like, I've seen a lot of players getting filmed. Um, they're attending all of the Grand Slams and all the Masters events. And I, I wouldn't say they're with the players like 24 seven filming, but definitely on like big match days. Um, once we got to like the end of Indian Wells, like semifinals and finals, they were with us pretty much all the time. Um, and documenting like behind the scenes and before the match. And I'm usually mic'd up during, during all of the matches. Oh, awesome. (laughs) Is that stressful? Like you have to be careful about your, your reactions to certain points and things. Oh yeah, I have to, I swear so much. So we're like, like, I try not to like talk shit about other players. Oh my God, I just did it. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, it's I'm okay. It's okay. Um, but yeah, I definitely have to like try to watch what I'm saying a little bit, but. No, like, yeah. I don't it, expect to like be in the show a ton. I think that they're really like really focusing like on the sport and on the players and like the day to day, but yeah, definitely want to be careful about that. <laughs> Um, yeah, but like kind of speaking of that, um, like what's it like both, you know, supporting Taylor, but also exploring your own career while traveling with him? Because you said, obviously, like this whole new mission has come as like a great advantage to being able to like staying on tour with him and traveling so much. But how do you aim to like make a name for yourself in the tennis world like obviously you have already and you guys are like in my opinion low-key like a power couple because you have the on court and the off court I love it so much uh-huh. but, um yeah just like how do you ex- like make sure to make it your individual journey like what do you do to like kind of separate yourself yeah um well I will say that I have always wanted to travel um that's kind of been 
one of my favorite things my entire life when I was in college and I was literally so broke I couldn't afford anything um any money that I did make from like internships and stuff I would spend on going to I went to like Hong Kong by myself I went to Tel Aviv by myself when I was like 18 or 19 I think but all my extra money went to traveling um I moved out to California and worked at like a summer camp and lived on a mountain I've just always been kind of like I've loved like moving around and going to different places and kind of experiencing different things. So I guess my main goal right now is not necessarily to build an amazing career and make a name for myself, but just kind of like enjoy life and enjoy seeing the world and traveling. And if I can along the way of that, make a name for myself and, you know, get girls on their hot girl walks and show people the <laughs> behind the scenes of tennis that's awesome too and I'm super happy and absolutely love doing that and think that's just the best way ever to spend my days but um yeah I don't know right now I'm just kind of like kind of figuring it out as I go I guess um I do definitely have some like really cool opportunities with like sponsors and some partnerships for upcoming tournaments and one of the like tennis broadcast networks I've had some meetings with about um, uh, helping them out. So we'll see kind of where that goes, but it's all kind of just falling into place. So yeah, no, that's great because you really are, and we're fangirling here, but you really are sort of like a pioneer in this realm because no one has given enough attention to really making, and as silly as it might sound, to really like advancing the tennis aesthetic like you need to do that like in this day and age if you want to make your sport successful and draw in new fans and you know if if you don't do that then you're not going to have a sport that's going to get a lot of you know traction with younger people um and even you know people who may be looking for a new sport to find themselves in um Josephine and I were actually joking yesterday that you know if it weren't such you know unpredictable weather in New York City right now we would be going on our hot girl walks yeah but it's it's just it's just not I was just in New York really cold there right now wasn't it like two days ago or something yes (laughs) crazy here it's almost May what is going on I'm yeah, genuinely upset. <laughs> we were very envious of the Monte Carlo weather as we were watching that tournament oh, because oh, that looked beautiful. Oh yeah, it was so nice. I was so sick when I was there though. Oh, oh no, I barely left the hotel room, but it was it's beautiful there. Nice view yeah. for sure. Yeah. So you know when you posted that tennis tour 101 TikTok, you also you know you received a lot of praise for it, but you did also receive a lot of um, backlash and criticism from boomers, um, mm-hmm. to put it you know bluntly, um, on on social media. Um, you know, do you feel that there's? I mean, this is sort of an obvious answer, but do you feel that there's a generation divide in tennis? And like, you know, how do you sort of deal with that sort of hate and and those comments? Because you know, it it must be difficult when you get so much praise and then these boomers have to sort of ruin the party. Yeah, um, it was really frustrating, and honestly, like I did. Like the day after I posted the video, I had a complete breakdown, like of all the hate that I was getting. I I was kind of like mind blown. I wasn't expecting to. I knew that statement would be like a little bit controversial, but like people were just coming after every aspect of my life, my looks, and my voice, and everything. Um, and they weren't even 
a lot of them were like tennis fans too. And that's why I feel like it was so hurtful to me is because they didn't even try to take the time to understand why I was making that statement. They were taking their experiences that they've had personally and assuming that that's everyone else's experience and that their experience was more relevant than anyone else's. Like Barb would comment on my video. (laughs) Barb lives in a wealthy private community in Naples, Florida and plays tennis every week with her her all of her friends at the country club literally like what a dumb influencer tennis is incredibly well known and I'm like well Barb that's your experience and it's so ignorant for you to assume that that's everybody else's um yeah it's frustrating it's gonna come with the territory I am totally okay and on board with that and I will say a million times over tennis is not cool in America we agree oh my god yeah no, everything you said, we totally agree with. Like, literally what I said in the beginning. Like, it's not just for country club people. Tennis is can literally be for everyone. And I think not only the people that are part of those, you know, like the boomer generation that plays tennis, like they go to hit with their friends, you know, have a drink, like a glass of wine, you know, spend their Sundays there. It's like, it's it's for everyone now. And I think this mission is so relevant especially right now as like we have this incoming like new generation of players like Iga Shriatek, Carlos Alcaraz, even even Taylor and it's the perfect time to kind of do a whole tennis revolution like not only players but like social media as well and just how tennis is viewed by the general public. Yeah I agree. And I mean, it's heading in the right direction. Um, And you can even see that through like brands now, like brands like Aloe Yoga and. mm -hmm. um, Yes, I've noticed that all uh, Lululemon, like they didn't have tennis clothes until a year or two ago. Um, So, you know, I think that like the fashion industry is a really big door into a million other things. And the fact that we can see that popping up now is super exciting and definitely you know shows that it's heading in the right direction no that's actually a really interesting point because like I'm like I love athleisure wear like that is like what I like to wear that's like I think it's so awesome um because I don't want to you know like it's just the perfect comfort balance and I'm looking at these websites and increasingly whether it be free people or Athleta or Lululemon which just sponsored Layla Fernandez um or you know even American Eagle like they're starting to you know, have tennis skirts and do their like model tennis shoes on tennis courts. Yeah. Yeah. Coco Golf also recently got that American Eagle deal. So I think, you nice. know, as you were saying, Josephina, like it's perfect timing with this new generation of players too, um, where you're also getting kind of a, a social media and sort of media revolution with tennis as well. So hopefully, you know, along with, you know, your tennis influencing the Netflix show that is the start of something big because, yeah, it's not for country club people. Like, well, I was at Indian Wells, like my, I went with my mom, like we as two like Indian women, me as like a young fan at times felt so uncomfortable in the crowd because we were surrounded by a bunch of people who look the same, were pretty much the same age. We're probably like Barb and go out on the weekends or every day to play tennis <laughs> with her friends. And it's not always, you don't feel comfortable. And it's also not as fun. Like I was trying to cheer so loudly for shop of all but then the people next to me were like my ears please so (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it's important because you you use the word gatekeep josephina and that's so true like you can't keep 
gatekeeping, you know, the sport from its next generation. Yeah. Like, there's a part of me that wants to, but also there's a bigger (laughs) part of me that's like, no, don't do this. (laughs) But, um, like, obviously, backlash and hate is horrible, disgusting. But, um, but where do you feel like you found the most support besides us? (laughs) Um, I mean, just like random people in the comments or my DMs, you know, like, I, I've gotten hundreds of comments or messages from people being like, thank you. This is the most I've ever learned about tennis in my life. And I've been trying to watch it for years, or I have lived in New York for the last five years and I've never considered going to us open. I'm going to go this year because of this video. This looks really fun. And that is, that's kind of like what motivates me to keep, you know, sharing the, the aspects of, the tour and stuff. So that's, that's good motivation, you know, for every hate comment I got, I got a hundred positive ones. So there's good people yeah. out there. Not everyone is horrible and mean. <laughs> yes. Um. Yes, for sure. And I mean, a lot of the critique is, you know, not only that it's something that's like from a new generation that's something fresh and something different but I think a lot of it you know with the going through those comments a lot of it seems to be getting at the fact that you as a partner of a male athlete as a female partner of a male athlete you face there's a lot of pretty explicit misogynistic undertones in the comments and critiques of what you're doing and I know earlier you talked about how you know, when you were transitioning into this role of social media, content creation, influencing, you sort of had that internal misogyny too. So that kind of paired with these critiques that people had being like, oh, she's just the girlfriend of a professional athlete. Like that must be really like, that's really hurtful. So, and you know, that that's hard to deal with. So how did you sort of, you know, come to terms with those, that type of hate and try to sort of get past that because you did respond to some those people with some pretty badass responses so that was definitely a good move yeah I the biggest thing is honestly just like maintaining confidence in myself obviously those types of you know comments can get to me but also I'm like google my LinkedIn google my LinkedIn (laughs) and then we'll talk like I don't know why people assume that um you know if someone has a successful partner that means that they're not smart successful themselves yeah I think it's like I'm like if a man posted about his female partner's success would he be getting any of these comments if it was literally the exact same situation but gender roles were reversed like absolutely not um so I think I really really do believe that any sort of hate comment has nothing to do with me it has everything to do with how that person feels about themselves and their own insecurities um especially because so many of the hate comments were coming from men. And I'm like, yeah. that sounds like a you not being happy with your life and success problem, not not a me problem. So that's kind of how I've learned to deal with it. It's, um, yeah, it's hard, like, dealing with people who just make assumptions, but that's all they are is assumptions. So, and yeah. I know that I've worked my butt off and figured out my own career and figured out what I'm good at and stuff. And that's, that's all that I can hold on to at the end of the day, I guess. Yeah. And I feel like not only are you kind of a pioneer in the new kind of 
media revolution of tennis, but also just tennis media in general is definitely like historically male dominated. Mm -hmm. And until now, we're finally seeing like um, a lot more, you know, tennis journalists that are female and kind of really finding their voice because it really is different from the female perspective, especially with everything that we've had to go through with like the original nine you know like having to form our own tennis organization because we couldn't play in the men's circuit it's it's just a whole nother journey and it's amazing that females the sport on and off court are finally getting a voice to kind of speak on that and just showcase that perspective of the sport it's a whole nother world yeah i agree it's really important and i've had a couple different like you know, women who work in the tennis industry reach out to me and, you know, say I've, I've experienced this and I've dealt with the misogyny and the older men who come in like guns blazing on Twitter. And it's something that every, every woman who's working in sports will deal with. Um, but gotta just keep grinding away at it and, know it comes with the territory and just hope that that will change eventually. Yeah. We also wanted to ask, you know, obviously, especially I think sort of like towards the end of the last season and into this season, Australian Open, Indian Wells, especially um, as Taylor has increasingly been put in the spotlight, do you sort of feel like while, you know, even though he's having his respective success which is amazing so have you at the same time like with your content so do you sort of feel like you get the recognition that you deserve from other people in the tennis world whether that be tennis twitter um fans on tiktok people you know on the tour or you know friends that you've talked to um you know do you feel like you get that that support and that recognition um for what you're doing um i try not to read like comments and stuff on Twitter anymore because that was just not good for my mental health. Um, I've seen some things of people being like very nice and supportive, which is great. Um, I think the most like special recognition that I've gotten is from the players themselves or people from ATP or WTA. Um, the first tournament that we went to big tournament that we went to after that TikTok was posted was Indian Walls. And I had people from like ATP and WTA come up and talk to me about the TikTok and say, like, oh this passed around to every person who works in tennis. Like, this is amazing. Um, I've had some like random male players that I'd never spoken to come up and be like, yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. <laughs> Um, and that, that's cool for me. And um, some I've made friends like with some WTA players through it that I never would have been friends with before. So, yeah, it's it's been cool. I definitely want to do another one. I think I'm still reeling from like the PTSD of all the hate from the first one. I've been a little yeah. nervous, too, but I I'm making one right now that's about like masters and thousands. So I have a bunch of oh. content from Miami Indian walls and Monte Carlo. Exciting. It's easier said than done for us to say, no, don't worry about the haters. Like people are going to love it, but you know, yes, I, I totally understand where you're coming from with that, that hesitancy, but 
I guarantee you there's going to be so many people who are going to appreciate it so much because it's so fun to watch. Um, but we we were hoping, we're wondering, could you give us a little bit of an inside scoop as to maybe some players who did were one of those who really came up to you and were like, this is awesome? Oh, yeah. Um, Daria is yes. also on TikTok. <laughs> yes, yes. Daria Seville. Yeah, she's the best. Um, her and I like became friends through the video. I think she came up to me at Indian Wells or something. I talked to her about it for a bit. So um, yeah, she she makes videos of her little sausage dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like Taylor's friends obviously were like super nice and supportive about it. And there was a group of guys when we were at the tournament in Acapulco that were talking to me about it. And I can't remember exactly who it was but yeah I don't know I'm sure everybody saw it I definitely know some people did not like it but whatever can't please everybody they lack taste yeah <laughs> um but yeah honestly like <laughs> if you really want to think about it like if players that form the whole tennis professional tennis world like and approve of your videos who are these people on Twitter to talk like honestly <laughs> I think now we're gonna veer into some more like broad questions probably more social media focused but um just one of the main things is like tell us about your relationship with sports like and tennis before meeting Taylor because you did say that you had a huge like family thing for hockey and mm -hmm. just did not know about tennis at all but like maybe talk a little more about that and how maybe tennis became such an easy sport for you to love yeah um so I yeah I grew up with hockey everyone in my family plays hockey my dad played college hockey my sister played um my brother is in high school right now and plays so that's kind of what I grew up with I personally was a theater speech and debate um not an athletic <laughs> at all. so you know, my family had like season tickets to uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves and stuff. So I grew up going to sports games and stuff. I, I definitely can confidently say I was never like a sports person. You know, I was like, take me to a Broadway show. I'm going to go stay on the stage right now. That's that was way more me. But um, for tennis, like the first tournament I went to Taylor with was Rome, I believe. Um, that was the first tournament back after COVID because I mean, I started like dating during COVID. And I think it took me like literally four months to understand what was happening on the court. And that was with <laughs> his physio literally explaining in my ear point by point to me. It was so confusing to me. It um, is. It actually is. Like the scoring it, yeah. doesn't make any sense. No. And if you don't grow up with it, like it is really hard to explain. And like I've had friends come to some of the tournaments with me and like I'm sitting there trying to explain what's going on. And I'm like, this is so hard to explain. I want to make a video so bad on TikTok, like just basic explaining tennis scoring in like 60 seconds. And I can't. I literally yeah, can't. It's <laughs> so, so hard. There's so much to it, like the ad and the do side, which I still to this day, I'm like, I'm, I don't even know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, the whole it's because it's such a big part of my life, obviously, like I love the sport and the community and everything that comes along with it. But understanding the actual game itself is super confusing. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get it because we also have like, we're super into tennis, but like we have friends that they see us talking about tennis 24 seven. They're like, so what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of details to it. Lots of intricacies and the rankings, the point system. It's, it's a lot. Yeah, it is. I mean, I don't even fully understand the ranking system. So it's just, it's crazy. Um, But uh, another big question is that like, I've kind of noticed because I kind of, since like, like Shravi said, I do the Instagram. So I've been kind of I've been following you as of recently, and I've noticed that you feel really comfortable posting about mental health, such as like anxiety, which is something a lot of people deal with. And, you know, we're seeing a lot more transparency on social media, especially from like influencers, but it's still too rare. But can you tell us like why you think that is and what made you decide that it was the right thing to do to post about that? Yeah, um... I think I cope with humor. So I would, before I even had a big following, I'd be like therapy selfie, like on my Instagram story, whatever. I didn't think much of it. But then once my following started growing and I, I didn't put much thought into like posting it. I just kind of, you know, I, I share my life and that, you know, dealing with my anxiety and like mental health issues has always been a part of my life and always something that I shared. And now that I have a following, I'm just doing it on a bigger scale. And I guess, um, once I started growing my following and once I started getting the types of messages from people that are like, thank you so much for sharing this, or like this really made an impact on my life for you. Um, you know, inspired me to start walking. Like this playlist is what gets me out of bed in the morning. That's like, very new to me, even in the last couple months, but definitely is a big motivator for me to like keep sharing it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I guess it was never like a super intentional thing of like, I want to talk about mental health on my platform. I guess I just always, Um, but I do think it's like, it's good to be transparent about it and stuff. And now that I see like through my DMs and stuff, how many people do deal with it. Um, whatever sort of help that I can share, whatever sort of information I can share from like me going to therapy or the books that I read or the podcasts I listen to. Um, I want to, I want to share that information. Yeah. yeah that's and awesome. I feel like with like someone with your platform where like, honestly, your Instagram is just like so beautiful to just look at. <laughs> it is. <laughs> like, it's amazing to know for like people like us that someone like that like someone that's genuinely looks like they're enjoying life and is is also dealing with the same things that we are and I think that's just an amazing thing to do and it's so it's so brave to do that when you have a platform it really is yeah yeah and I guess that's kind of the point that I want to get across with it is like there's definitely been days in the last two years where we were in Rome or Paris or Cabo and I was just having a bad time. Like I didn't want to leave the hotel room. I didn't want to get out of bed for days, but at the same time, like you can have anxiety, you can have mental health issues and you can still live a super awesome, fulfilling, fun, cool life. And those things can fully be in tandem, um, Mm -hmm. at all times. And yeah, I guess that's just like kind of what I, what I want to share and what I want to get across is that, totally normal totally yeah. normal 
what I think is so the the most um, I think the coolest part of your Instagram is really the the Q and A's that you do like pretty frequently, like you know allowing your followers to engage and like you're always responding to all of them, whether it be you know with a video, with you know your perfectly organized notes app lists of favorite places to shop at, <laughs> or like hot girl walk playlists. Um, coffee recommendations like it really spans a spectrum of things but that dedication to sort of connecting with people and I think sometimes the reason people have such a disdain for influencers as time is because they think that they're so like high and mindy and talk down to their followers but I think that your way of doing it is so sort of it's, it's so much more authentic. Um, and I guess in, in some contexts, it's an oxymoron to put social media and authentic in the same sort of realm. But that sort of leads us to our, you know, next question about this topic is, you know, social media, it is a controversial tool. And I think a lot of times you do get questions and, and messages from your followers, especially girls who, you know, are saying that they are struggling with it. So how do you see it as, you know, a harmful tool, but also as something really useful? Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, like, what do you hope to, like, how do you hope to use it in the best way possible? Yeah, I'm definitely still figuring that out. I have to set timers on my social media apps. I have like a 15 minute like daily timer on my Instagram and TikTok apps to tell me to like get off of it. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. I, I've, I'm pretty good at like not comparing myself to people on social media. Um, that definitely was not always the case. Like I remember in college, there was some girls that I followed and I just envied them so much and I, I wanted their life so bad. And it was motivating but at the same time it was absolutely soul crushing because I was so broke and so stressed about school and having a really hard time in my internship and my boss was a jerk and like you know it's it is hard to to compare yourself I think TikTok's been amazing because people are so much more real on TikTok than they were on Instagram mm -hmm. um like my at least my TikTok for you page is filled with a bunch of girls who totally don't have their shit together at all and that makes me feel <laughs> awesome <laughs> I'm like yes none of us have our stuff together um I'm definitely not on the side of TikTok of like green juices and people oh, know oh, like, <laughs> no, absolutely not <laughs> did you see that whole thing about like the clean girl aesthetic yeah, I yeah. had such a big issue with that because I was like, this is so like, I, I don't know. I just thought that that whole sort of trend was a bit like, like, oh, look, I'm living such a like relaxed and perfect life, getting up at 4 a.m., doing my bullet journal, going to work out, having a green juice. Like it was it, it felt very like very, plastic. very yeah. plastic, very like setting these expectations for your life that just don't need to be. That's not for everyone. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, and I definitely like I have some mornings like that. They're rare. They happen sometimes. Yeah. But for anybody to think that that's a realistic everyday thing, like you just have to you just have to know that it's not and nobody lives like that. Um, I my other favorite thing about TikTok is I think it's like the best search engine in the world. I can't remember the last time I Googled something like literally every any question that I have any recipe that I want to look up any like oh uh, if I'm having like health anxiety like this mole looks weird like I <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so I love it in that sense there's plus and minuses to it um 
But yeah, I guess I try my best to not feed into the toxic side of it and try to stay as real as possible. That's, that's really all I can do. Yeah. And I think it's great that like, especially now social media, it's not kind of like you have to fit one aesthetic, like people can find influencers that have kind of the vibe that they're looking for, the vibe that they kind of vibe with, I guess. I don't know how else to say it. I think like, it's really cool how everyone can now find their place on social media. It's like not for a specific like caliber of person. It's just not like that anymore. It's great. And there's so, there's so many creators, there's so many different niches now. It's, it's really cool to kind of see how that has transitioned over the last um, like 10 years. Yeah. So we want to transition into some fun questions now. Um, and these are going to be, we've tried to span the scope um, of fun things to ask, but first comes first. We are so interested in this. How did you come up with the name Morgs? Oh my God. I have no idea. I think I made that handle when I was like, I made it when I was too young to have a Facebook. So my Instagram <laughs> Facebook is like 29. Right now, you know, when you had to like lie yes. on yes. to make one. Um, so I made it forever ago. I don't even know. But like growing up, people called me that and everybody called me morgues in um in college. And then everyone in like the tennis world calls me morgues too, <laughs> which is really interesting that people like address me by my Instagram handle now, but I just kind of roll with it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I made it when I was like oh, 12 or something. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. I feel like everyone has like that childhood nickname, but also I definitely made my Gmail when I was like way too young to know that artsy 27 was like not something <laughs> oh, professional. Hugger 731. Like, <laughs> I would wear like peace sign t-shirts and I was like vegetarian. Like, yeah, we all, we all move through different aesthetics. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. So our next like kind of more fun lean question is, so what's your non-tennis, like nothing to do with tennis. What's your favorite city? Because you travel a lot and like you travel, like what's it like traveling so much for your job? You know, it's pros and cons and you must have like a favorite place. Um, my favorite place has always been Paris, even before. And it's so awesome that we get to go there twice a year for tournaments now. But yeah, my favorite place has always been Paris. I went there for the first time with my grandma when I was in college, because my grandma had always wanted to go to Paris. And I was moving to, I lived in Athens, Greece. I did study abroad there for six months. So on the way to Athens, my grandma and I went to Paris. Then I did a girl's trip there my senior year of high school or not high school, college. And I don't know. It's just like such a magical city. There's a few cities in the world where I just feel like I walk on the street and I'm just like thriving. I'm like, this is my place. New York is one of them. I love New York so much. Yes. Paris is definitely up there. Probably number one or Amsterdam. I like Amsterdam, but I want to when When you go on your hot girl walks in Paris, like, do you like like try to like walk past like a specific area? Um, we haven't stayed in the same place every time that we've gone there, but 
Paris is a very quiet city in the mornings. Like if you're out before 9 a.m., it's dead. Like you are awake yeah. before the rest <laughs> of the day, which is really nice. Um, so there's the big river that runs through Paris that is really nice to walk down to or the Eiffel Tower early in the morning, obviously, is oh, it's so pretty. We're going back there in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yes. Of course. Yeah. Um, now what's your favorite tournament that you've sort of been able to attend so far or, um, if, and you know, what are some of your favorite tournament specific perks that you've experienced? Yeah. Um, I think my number one favorite tournament consistently is Australian open in Melbourne. I honestly like January is the happiest month of the year for me. I love Australia. I mean, it's called the happy slam for a reason. Yeah, it's so fun. Like the vibe there is just so different. I mean, every tournament has really different vibes in terms of like how the fans are and the food and like the atmosphere and stuff. But Australian Open's kind of just like a big party. And I have a lot of friends in Australia. So it's fun for me to because the tournaments are like very lonely if I don't have friends. Like I don't really have any friends like girlfriends on tour um and if I don't have friends in the particular city that we're going to I'm really by myself all the time so but Australian Open is so fun because I always have friends there and yeah the fans are crazy like Australians are just a crazy group of people and (laughs) they're super fun and then of course Wimbledon is incredible I thought it was always so hyped up before I went I was like um you know it looks kind of cool whatever no that place is magical yeah you're making us jealous I've never been to the Australian Open and I probably you haven't either right I haven't I remember going to Wimbledon a few years ago I I I sort of felt I went with my parents and I sort of felt like I'm just biased I think the U.S. Open is like the best tournament ever but that's just because Josephine have like I have grown up here but we've always joked about how the Australian Open we're not really joked about well it's a mix about how we feel like it's like the most similar vibe to mm-hmm. seemingly to the US Open, like that energy is there, but like we just want to go so, so badly. Yeah, it's really fun. It's totally a tournament worth going to. It's even just like a, they have a lot of like cool activations. They have people in costumes walking around. Mm-hmm. They have like performers. Yeah. Like <sighs> they just put it on such a, a show there. Like it's, and that's something that I feel like more tournaments could do to like attract people to come to them is really make it like an experience. The food, yeah. the drinks, the, yeah. um, the concerts that happen at Australian Open, it's just like a big party and people love it there. They love the tennis there because it's not necessarily the sport itself, but it's the whole experience of the sport. Yeah. And also I feel like the Australian Open does such a great job on like social media because they, they had do. these like they had these two girls that were kind of there on the Instagram stories kind of hosting it while the Australian Open was happening and they were just like showing like little parts of the tournament that you wouldn't be able to see if you're not there and I just thought it was so cool because they made me not necessarily feel like I was there but really like know what it would be like to experience it and it's like kind of the social media that I really love like that is kind of reaching out it's speaking to anyone and everyone and kind of showing the inside scoop like it's something that social media should be used for but they really just show usually like the massive picture but anyone can see that yeah they did a really good job it's a cool tournament <laughs> um so like a huge question 
that we have is like, what's the story of how you and Taylor met? Like, oh God, <laughs> short story. <laughs> so um, we met <laughs> on a, a dating app called no Bonica. called what yeah. no we need this information because josephine and i want to get our own atp boyfriend so what's the <laughs> dating app called well, there is a lot of tennis players on it let me tell you one of my friends was on it when we were <laughs> where were we we're australian no we were yeah we were in australia she was on it and she's like literally every single guy on your it's location based so like if you're on this app and you're literally on the grounds of a tournament every single guy will be a tennis player i know they're on there <laughs> Um, I'm sorry. I'm literally exposing everybody. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So we met on Raya and I mean, the reason that I was even on there in the first place, I just moved to Los Angeles. I had no friends here. It was March of 2020. So, you know, it was happening in the world. Then there was no way to meet people, bars, restaurants, everything was closed. So yeah, it was really the only like way to meet people. Um, So we talked on there and then um, I kind of was like, and tennis but boring <laughs> I was not into, into it at all but then we ended up hanging out like a cute couple weeks later and um yeah dot 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 here we are this is history <laughs> that is amazing that that app is- I'm like uh oh, mutual friends <laughs> <laughs> whatever um, 2022 right <laughs> um so we gotta ask this because josephina and i like no matter how much instagram sleuthing we do how many rumors we read on twitter like it just doesn't like we just need to know more details what is the tennis social circle like like are there clicks do people hang hang out outside of tournaments like while you're in these places like miami new york city monte carlo like do they party like what's the vibe like yeah um I don't even really know. I know it was pretty different before COVID. Um, I think that like people just hung out more, but the, the tennis world during COVID when it was all, you guys know about like bubble tournaments and stuff. Yeah. 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 So those were horrible and nobody could talk to or hang out with each other. You couldn't even go to other people's rooms. Obviously you couldn't do group dinners and stuff. Um, so I think there's definitely like clicks and groups of people maybe that's a little more like location based because mm-hmm. yeah. certain guys all like train together right different places like there's kind of training hubs in Europe or in mm-hmm. the US and naturally get closer together but I don't know honestly Taylor and I are kind of like homebodies like we watch a lot of Netflix <laughs> we don't go out very often um you know we do date nights and stuff but usually everyone is so tired from training yeah and focusing on the tournament that the only times that people are really like super social with each other is at the end of a tournament, but then okay. nobody's even in the city anymore because they've already left to go to the next tournament. So it's hard. It's hard to make friends on tour, honestly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but like kind of speaking of that, um, obviously Indian Wells was huge, but like how did you guys, how did you guys like make it special by celebrating? Like just you two. Because I saw the in and out thing on Instagram. That was really sweet. But like maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so after he won, he was like, I want to go celebrate in LA. And I'm like, okay. So <laughs> we, we have a bunch of friends in LA, obviously, who came out with us that night. We had a very long drive back to LA in the middle of the night and we're both exhausted. But in and out's kind of the place that we always go to when we land in LA after a long trip. Like if we've been gone for 
a month or like six weeks or something in and out so is the first place that we go to so that was kind of our little celebration everyone in the in and out was like because it was obviously a ton of people from the tournament so we walked in and they, they were, they were kind of like is that what didn't he just why is he here right now <laughs> <laughs> he's just like sitting in the corner like eating a burger <laughs> that sounds amazing Fun. Um, so some of, a lot of your TikTok content, obviously, is those getting ready with me videos, right? For like tennis matches. And as I was saying before, Josefina and I, like, we like to, we like to go out and watch tennis, right? So we need your advice. We need tips, like the most basic tips on like how to style a good, like tennis spectating outfit. Like say this is for the US Open, for example, our favorite tournament. Like yeah. what are the, like, what are the basic things that we need to know specifically about a tennis watching fit? Oh my gosh. I, well, the number one most important thing is like dressing for the weather. And that's something that I've had to, I've learned this lesson and like not learned it again <laughs> and again. I can't tell you how many matches I've been sitting at where I'm like, freezing cold literally like hands are shaking like dying or <laughs> on the other hand I'm like dripping in sweat about to pass out like I'm like if the camera comes on me in the box I'm like do not <laughs> I'm literally dripping because some of those matches like Australian Open this year oh my god I was not okay during I would oh I think it was this match against Batista Goot. I I've oh, never yeah. been that hot and miserable in my life. I was like, I want to die right now. And oh I'm gosh. like sitting here doing nothing, and he's like grinding on court. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, dressing for the weather is super important. The it's been hard because I feel like the etiquette for dress depends a lot on the tournament. Oh, yeah. Like, that yeah. I Australian Open is going to be really different from, than the way I dress for Wimbledon or the way that I dress for like a 250 in Barcelona or something. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I don't know. U.S. Open is kind of more like cute, casual. Um, I like wearing sundresses a lot to matches. That's kind of like the best go-to for me, especially because some of them are so hot and in the sun. Yeah, um, yeah. It gets so sunburned. My tan lines are horrible from it. <laughs> I know up until recently, like when I was little and I used to go to the US Open, I used to go in like a full outfit of what I would wear to tennis because I would always hope that one of the players would like give me their rack and be like, come on court, come play. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So obviously this is a huge thing for you and it should be for everyone, but tell us about hot girl walks. Like how did it start? Why should everyone do it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw, I saw a TikTok. There's one girl who like started them, um, maybe a year and a half ago. It was forever ago. And when everyone was kind of in the phase of like going on, on walks in the yes. morning because of COVID and trying to get out of the apartment. So that's kind of really how it started for me. And I've always been obsessed with listening to podcasts um, since college. I, when I was like on my commute in the subway in New York and stuff, I was always, always, always listening to podcasts. So yeah, I don't know. I guess I just started walking in the mornings. It's something my therapist is, has always like encouraged me to do. Um, my neighborhood in LA is not the safe. So I can't really go on walks here unless I like drive somewhere to go on a walk. 
because it's just not like the best area to walk in. Um, but for me, like on tour now, it's so nice to have an excuse to like go explore the city and to see the city like before, because usually my, my walks are very early in the morning, like mm -hmm. 7 a.m. Um, is when I do them right when I wake up. So to be able to like see the city before it wakes up and I don't know, there's just like a different energy in the mornings for me. Um, and I love it. And I love now that so many girls will like tag me and they're like, yeah, I see those. And there I was a playlist that we need to do ours. Yeah. Yes. There was one it. time when I was I don't know I think I like left school for like a little bit to go like well I didn't have class just to, like go um get something from you know the the drugstore or whatever and I just like jokingly like took a picture of myself walking and posted it on my snapchat private story I tagged Josefina and I said currently on my hot girl walk for the day and obviously okay. no one else from my um snapchat story would probably get that reference just because they don't really, you know, they don't really, they're not really in with the the Instagram influencing world as much yeah. or the tennis <laughs> influencing world as much. But to Josefina and I, it was, it was really funny. I love yeah. it. Yeah, it's so good. It's just, yeah, it's nice to get out exercising in the morning. Um, I made this playlist that has a bunch of likes on it now, which is so exciting. I love that everyone's going on their little <laughs> walks and listening to it. And I, it's fun for me to kind of bring that value to people and I love them yeah um so one other thing we want to ask is what does a typical day sort of look like when you're like compared to when you're at home and compared to when you're like at a tournament yeah so when I'm at home um usually like right now I think we're here for like six days or something. We're leaving on Tuesday for Madrid. So I'm exhausted. I'm recovering from being sick. I'm unpacking, doing like 10 loads of laundry, packing, trying to see all my friends here while I can. And then we're back on the road. Um, usually when I'm, when we're back here or back at our place in Miami, it's just a lot of like resting, trying to recover um, from jet lag and whatever else when traveling at the tournaments and stuff. So we have a couple days before matches start. We usually get there a few days before, um, you know, usually he'll play on like a Monday or Tuesday or something. We'll get there on like Thursday, Friday. And for me, I kind of just have like, I like wake up in the mornings, do the walk, go to the gym, um, do whatever, like emails, calls that I have to do. Um, try to like make content. I, love going to museums or exploring the city and kind of just doing stuff on my own. Um, and then once the tournament starts with matches, like usually the match is kind of the center focus of the day because mm -hmm. he gets there four or five hours before the match even starts. So depending on what tournament it is, like some tournaments won't let me take a car by myself. So I have to go with him and spend like all day at the site. So I usually just bring like my laptop or my iPad and we'll do work at the tournament site until the match. And then if it's a night match, we're there till like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's always, a lot. No, no day looks the same. It's it's all over the place, but totally. Tournaments are yeah. busy. Home is rest. Good. 
okay so we have like one last question and this is a little funny because um it's just you know because we're that gen z kind of population on tiktok but we saw we saw like josh richards and like blake gray reposting about taylor's like indian wells win (laughs) we thought that was so funny because we first thought it was like we had to do a little double take because we were like Hype yeah, house two mixed with tennis connect in my brain. Not yeah. At yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Taylor and I know a bunch of people from TikTok because I, when I first moved to LA, I was like in a content house, <gasps> which was weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> Looking back on it, I'm like, what the? It's a little, it's a little <laughs> Like the um, amount of drama that seems to go on there too. It was a lot. Yeah. So one of my good friends, Daisy, like parted from Daisy, Daisy Keach. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> and then so she went and started like this house called Clubhouse. So, yeah. And that's when Taylor and I like first started talking is when I was like there and friends with all of them. And then um, I don't even know how he met josh and blake in them but yeah he like golfs with them and hangs out (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of i know too but yeah we're hip we're cool (laughs) it's just really funny it's like like a gen z like master i know i know i think like i mean these guys know nothing about tennis (laughs) and i'm trying to get taylor on tiktok i'm like let's get that he does have one right and like i see him post sometimes yeah i've I've made some for him i can tell i was like i was like i feel like morgan did this and not him i'm I'm a social media manager actually (laughs) Um, sometimes i make them for him and he's like that's cringe and i'm like yeah what tiktok so it has to be. <laughs> we won't post them, but we're trying. All right. So we don't want to take up too much more of your time. So our last thing is super rapid fire, um, a little would you rather segment. Um, but before that, we want to sort of first get this one question out of the way, which is so like what's next for you? Like, you know, both your general career, your tennis stuff, like goals, next steps, aspirations, anything exciting coming up? Like what what's the vibe? Yeah, I'm going to keep doing content and stuff. I'm really excited for the next like couple months in Europe um, just to do like Europe content. And I'm working with a couple different brands for like collabs there. Going to keep doing like sponsorships and stuff. I think now brands are starting to get more involved in tennis. And Mm -hmm. um, because I am one of the only influencers that has, you know, a foot in tennis or kind of this Mm. tennis niche. I've been reached out to by some like really cool companies. I never thought that I'd get to work with that are like, Hey, we're, um, we're sponsoring this tournament and we want to do like this activation with you or yeah, different like content stuff. So that'll be kind of like the next couple months. Um, like I mentioned, I'm talking to, you know, one of the tennis networks and we'll see, what happens from that but yeah then that just kind of traveling and hanging out and supporting Taylor and hopefully he keeps doing as well as he's been doing um it's been really exciting to see that progression like when him and I first started dating he was not winning up <laughs> <laughs> you were the trick Morgan take the credit 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'll definitely take some of the credit for it. I keep it in mind, that's for sure. <laughs> McDonald's, so. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's been fun. I think for both of us, the next couple months or year will be will be really fun. So yeah, I don't think we emphasize this enough, but like we are huge fans of you. We're huge fans of Taylor as well. Like as Josephine is at power couple, like on the court, huge fans of Taylor's game, obviously fellow young American. Mm-hmm. He's such a great personality. Like we were like, when he started crying after winning Indian Wells, we were like, look at oh. Taylor breaking those male stereotypes. Like, yeah. let's go. <laughs> um, but then also, uh, sorry, go ahead. I like, I was seeing him cry. I started crying too. Cause I like, he doesn't cry around <laughs> that's so sweet but then also like off the court your content is so entertaining to watch super important like we haven't found anyone else really who's taken the mission of making tennis cool again so passionately as we've tried to do with starting this podcast and just like chatting and having that platform for the past year or so but you're obviously like way more followers and have such bigger reach and do it so much more beautifully than we do we're learning um we are learning we're, we're taking notes but it's just amazing thank you i really appreciate that all right would you rather real fast these are some funny questions or at least we think they're funny yeah <laughs> yeah yeah okay so first one <laughs> would you rather start the morning with a bad coffee or miss your morning hot girl walk Oh, I'd rather miss the hot girl walk. <gasps> wow. <laughs> I, I, really my day. I've noticed the, the your color um, judging technique. <laughs> oh, my God. I've been getting shit on the last couple of weeks. I've been <laughs> bad coffees. I'm so pissed. Even I'm like, this is my local Starbucks. I'm like, I've been, I've been loyal to you guys for two years. <laughs> All right. Would you rather accidentally sit in Taylor's opponent's box or drop a trophy when Taylor gives it to you to hold? sit in an opponent's box <laughs> I've done that already so like I've, I've gone through the trauma <laughs> like, I don't but know. you have uh, yeah I sat in a um because Wimbledon last year was still like very strict with COVID it was a bubble tournament like I like going to watch matches at Wimbledon just because it's really cool but so I tried to go watch this match and the security guy saw that I had a credential so he's like you're not allowed to sit with regular with like the regular crowd you have to sit here and like pointed me towards the box and I was like oh that's really awkward yeah, um and then I accidentally awesome. sat in someone's box there because yeah all of these like restrictions with COVID it was mortifying mm. but <laughs> <laughs> okay our next one is strawberries and cream or honeydews oh strawberries and cream is honeydews overrated yeah they're just very sugary to me. Mm, I thought I they see. were really sugary. Um, I see. Yeah, they're good. They're also like stupid expensive. I know. All for Not the really. cup. Like Josephine and I like walking around, like we just see all these like 20, 30 something year olds drunk off like three honey juices. And I'm just like, <laughs> that looks like the most overrated drink that yeah. I've like ever seen. The hype is- And you gotta get like at least one, but I don't know. Right. Yet, no, <laughs> no, not. very sugary all right if it wasn't taylor or your favorite team playing would you rather watch a hockey game or a tennis match (laughs) hockey game oh no (laughs) 
sure. <laughs> sure. I hadn't gone to one in so long. And then I went to the, the Rangers game when I was in New York last week and it was so fun. But that's also because I've been to an ungodly amount of tennis matches last that's true. year. I'm true. Like, if I can be around like people like drinking beer and um, hot, eating hot dogs and yelling obscenities in New York City, that's like, <laughs> those are my people as I grew up. <laughs> That sounds amazing. Um, okay, would you rather overdress or underdress for a tennis match? You can't overdress for a tennis match. Trick question. Ooh. Good answer. Good answer. Maybe, maybe not in like a prom dress or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely like I've definitely got a matches and I'm <laughs> wearing something and I'm like, mm. <laughs> but yeah, it's a learning experience, you know. All right, last one. Because we've seen your gorgeous manicures on your social media, would you rather break a nail five minutes before your flight or get a sunburn before going to a tennis tournament? Oh, sunburn. I've really? had, had a nail come off before. Where were we? We were, we were on the way to Dubai and one of my nails broke and I had to just like deal with that for the whole weekend. Every time I looked down, I was so pissed about it. <laughs> yeah, sunburns suck, but... I don't know, get some aloe. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Morgan, thank you so much for joining us. We had a lot of fun. We hope you did. Um, But it was really great talking to you. We so admire the work you're doing. Hope to see more of it. Can't wait for the Europe content. But um, this was awesome. Cool. Thank you so much. It was so nice to meet you. Thanks for um, having me on. And I I love the work you guys are doing and your podcasts and stuff. So... Hopefully I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for joining us. And that is game set and match for today. If you like this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage of upcoming tennis and of course, all the tea on tour. Email us at holdontoyourracket at gmail.com for any questions and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Hold On To Your Racket on Instagram and at H-O-T-Y-R underscore tennis pod on Twitter. Our next episode will be released as the clay court season continues in the French Open approaches. And remember, my name is Josefina. And my name is Shravya. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to hold on to your racket until next time. Mm-hmm.